0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I want to read a few verses of scripture from John chapter number 20 this morning. And I will be mindful of your time. I don't. I don't suspect uh, being very long uh, today. I Just had a little bit of something I wanted to share uh, with you this morning. John twenty, and I, I'm going to read just a, a few splattering of verses uh, through John twenty today. Uh, I would like to begin. <clears throat> excuse me. I'd like to begin with with verse number fifteen uh, today. The Bible says, "Jesus saith unto her woman." Why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Skipping down now, if you will, verse number 19, I believe I had for us. And if I didn't, Sister McGee, okay. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he shewed unto them his hands and his feet, his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now, skipping on down just a little bit further this morning uh, to verse number 27 of the same chapter. The Bible says, Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. For a little while this morning, I want to talk to us along this line today, the end result, the end result, all right? Can we gather our minds this morning? I feel like we need to really work on gathering our minds here today, all right, for a little while. So let's gather our minds. I know there, I sense this morning there are circumstances that have walked into this building. Uh, this morning and there are some attitudes that's walked into this building this morning and we need to allow all those things just become subjected to the spirit of the Lord right now All right, Lord Jesus I come to you right now today I'm asking oh Lord for your spirit God that it would be primary and it would be predominant God in this place today Lord I take Lord my mind, my heart, my feelings God I subject them to you right now God, in this service, I give myself to you, Lord. God, these next few moments, God, in this place. God, bring in captivity, Lord, every thought. God, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bring all those things, God, circumstances, scenarios, and situations, Lord, into subjection, God, to your Spirit. God, be the Lord of glory. God, you don't want to give your glory, Lord. You do not give your glory to another. And so, Lord, we concentrate, Lord, all of that glory upon the King of kings and the Lord of lords right now. God, take prominence on your throne, God, in this place. Touch our minds. Clear our minds. Give us understanding. I pray, Lord, in this house, and we'll thank you and we'll love you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, the lovely name of Jesus Christ. Uh, in this great network of of humanity, uh, each of us we we experience we experience things on uh, different levels or different planes than one another. And what I mean whenever I say that is that uh, you ever been around somebody that just seems to be a little skittish? Uh, meaning it doesn't take much to scare them, doesn't take much, you know, and certain one of you love those type of people because you always love just to get the thrill out of scaring them, and it doesn't take much, it seems, you know, uh, to cause them to have fear just uh, overtake them. Yet then there's other people. It seems like you can go to great extremes uh, to somehow influence them to the place of being quote-unquote scared. And, and, and so we see that in different modes, you know, uh, even with excitement. It's, for some people, it doesn't take, you know, it's like, boy, it don't take much to excite them. You know, you've even stated it. Uh, but then there's other people uh, that it seems like everybody else is on board, and, you know, it really takes a moving of a mountain or something in order for them to show or feel, if you will, any sense of, of excitement. You know, some people, you know, a, a spider, that's what they're afraid of. Others, it's a snake. You know, as it was my sister Rebecca and probably still is, you know, it's the dark. We all had a little bit of a part in that, her becoming uh, fearful of the dark. But we, we have these different levels. And it's according where you are. If if we were to call it a spectrum, you know, uh, easily scared and then it takes a whole lot to be scared. It's where according where you are on that spectrum between easily being done so or it takes a lot being so that someone over on this end of the spectrum, this being, uh, you know, it takes a lot to scare me, looks at the person that's scared over something very small, very skittish, and you think, man, that's very shallow. You know, what's you know, what's their problem, you know? And yet those that are on this end of the spectrum, and it seems to take a lot, it's like, man, this person don't have any feelings, you know? You, you know, and the, the person that is easily excited uh, and the one that isn't, they, they look at the one that... It, that isn't, you know, sometimes this happens with me and my wife because we're at different places of the spectrum concerning excitement, and I can come home sometimes and she has some, quote-unquote, termed by her, exciting news, you know, or maybe it's an exciting buy, and she shares it with me, and uh, I stand there stone-faced, the hair ain't raising up on my arm. I might not even smile. She says, well, I thought you would be excited about this. Oh, so it's a disappointment, you know, because it, I guess it takes a little bit more or different things that excite me from what excite her. But the idea and the concept behind all of this is that whenever the one over here on this scale that is very skittish, they become afraid and there's that fear that enters them. And then the other one on this scale, no matter... What it may be, all these things that have to come together in order to scare them and make them afraid, the moment that each of those reach that place of fear or being afraid, the end result is the same. The one that over here, you know, they found a quarter on the ground, and they're like, well, I tell you what, I found a quarter on the ground. And the other one over here that's got to inherit, you know, half a million dollars from a relative. The thing is, where they reach that place of excitement and the feelings and the chemicals and everything that's released in the body at that moment of time, when that happens, the result is the same. Amen. We see in the scripture of John, chapter number 20, that there are three groups or three peoples, groups of people. Some of them are singular, some of them are groups. And whenever we look at John chapter number 20, what is happening here, uh, Jesus Christ has already already, uh, been through his crucifixion. He has already been buried. And uh, I'm getting feedback up here this morning for some reason. And he has already resurrected. And what has happened here, we have people that have come to the tomb We understand that Mary was the first uh, along with some other ladies as the gospels write she goes to the tomb and as she arrives there she notices very quickly that the stone is rolled away from the tomb that troubles her and without any further investigation she goes and runs and she tells Peter and John and Peter and John upon hearing this react very quickly they go running to the tomb where the Lord is and the Bible speaks how uh, one, John, that is, outran Peter to get to the tomb. And whenever John gets there, he kind of looks inside. He stoops down, peers into the tomb. He sees uh, the, the the linen clothes over here. And then Peter, when he gets there, he goes on inside the tomb. And he also sees the napkin that is wrapped together by itself. And then, I guess because of Peter's uh, uh, faith to go on and enter, John says, oh, okay, I'll come too. And he enters in and sees the same picture. And the Bible says that they believe. And once they've investigated all of the cooks, crooks, and crannies of the tomb and what's happened there, they go back home, the scripture says. But somewhere in all of that, Mary went and told them and she made her way back to the tomb. And while they're going home, Mary stayed. And while Mary stays, she looks and peers and stoops down also and looks into the tomb, and she sees two angels inside the tomb, one that is sitting at the head and one that is sitting at the feet of where the body of Christ lay. And, and she has a reoccurring question throughout the Scripture uh, because she's constantly talking about, they've taken my Lord away. She's constantly, she's constantly saying this and asking the question, they've taken my Lord away, where have they laid him? She was just so so diligent and so careful and so so uh, conscious about what they've done with her Lord. So conscious about that she wanted to know where he was. Where, where did they lay him? And someone could just answer my question. And I think one of the reasons why that was so dear to the heart of Mary is because the Bible speaks of this being the Mary according to Luke. This is the Mary out of whom Jesus cast seven devils cast seven devils out of this lady. And so she had a a 180 degree turnaround in a moment of time whenever the Lord took command of those evil spirits that were active in her life and cast them out of her. She was in an instant a different person, no doubt. And the Bible says after that time that Mary and some of the other ladies constantly followed the Lord. And the Bible says that Mary ministered unto the Lord out of her substance. So she's falling around. She's ministering to the Lord. She's not asking for anything. For her, it's just a treasure to be able to follow the Lord, His ministry, whatever He's doing, and to be able to minister unto the Lord. No, Mary is not. in it. She, Her life's already been dynamically changed by those demons being dispelled from her life. She's not asking for anything else. She's not there with her handout or wanting him to do something else for her, but she's saying, what can I do for him? I'm going to follow him in his ministry and I'm going to minister unto the Lord. And so I think it's just common then for a woman that's constantly followed him through his ministry and ministered to him that at this place in life, his life and her life, she would still be concerned what you've done with the Lord. Where have you laid him? Because she's come on this particular day to do some more ministering. She's come with some more spices. She's come to give some more of her substance. So we have a lady that's very concerned and conscience, conscious about the Lord, where he is, what he's up to, what he's doing, and what can I do to contribute. Yeah. All right. come on. And so here's this lady. She, she sees them, the angels in here and she's asking that same question. Where is the Lord? What have you done to him? And, and she turns about and she sees someone there that asks her a question, and it's Jesus. But she doesn't recognize him as Jesus. She thinks he's a gardener. And this this person asked her, which was Jesus, you know, why why do you weep? Who, Who are you seeking? For that matter, are you seeking somebody that's alive, that's among the dead? And she's supposing him to be a gardener, and again she's, she's, I mean, she's adamant about what everybody's doing with her Lord. Where, 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 where is my Lord? They've taken him. Where are the can? If you can just answer me the question: Where is he? And she seemingly, at least how the scripture plays out, she must have turned back toward the tomb. And in a moment, the Bible says that Jesus spoke to her. It wasn't a long paragraph. He had already said some words to her. It wasn't another question. Amen. But what he said was Jesus said unto her, Mary. He spoke her name. And that arrested her attention. The Bible says that she turned herself around and she spoke to him, Rabbanai, which is to say master. She knew in that moment who he was. And the Bible says that in verse number 18 Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples because she was told of Jesus to do this that she had seen, everybody say seen Seen. she had seen the Lord and that he had spoke these things unto her. For Mary, seeing the Lord wasn't just seeing him because he was before her and yet she didn't quite recognize who he was. He had spoke some questions to her but she still didn't quite recognize who he was. He was. But whenever he said Mary, whenever that shepherd spoke the name of his sheep, his lamb, whenever he said Mary, and if that was just a gardener, her knowing that she's just not going to be known of this individual, and he said Mary, that changed everything for her. It was at that moment that he spoke her name that she saw the Lord. Amen. Just... Him speaking her name was her experience of seeing the Lord. And she had a heart to want to know where He was. She had a heart to want to know what you, what have you done with Him. If I could say it like this and you've heard me say this before and I, I hope God could take all this jumbled mess in my head and bring it to understanding for you this morning. But... She was a person, if I could say, out of the three that we'll talk about today that was easily impressed by the Spirit of the Lord. Her moment of seeing God took place with Him just speaking her name. And at the moment of Him speaking her name, she saw the Lord. Yet compared to even Peter and John that we'll see later with the grouping of the ten disciples, we see though even a difference. Peter and John, they investigate the tomb and what do they do? They go home, but Mary stays. Mary stays at the tomb. Uh, There's been all kinds of different uh, scholars and stuff. They say, you know, why was it that Mary was the first one that Jesus appeared to? Well, she's the only one that stayed around. I mean, they have all these different thoughts and opinions. For me, it's real simple. She's the only one that stayed around. She had a desire, a zeal, a drive, an interest about where his whereabouts was. And being easily impressed by that and easily influenced by that, he can say her name. That's the Lord. I heard, hold on now. I heard that whenever he was calling my name out of a demon-possessed state. I'm not here to get spooky and ooky here. A lot of times, in times past my experience and being around other people demon-possessed and there's the closing of the eyes and all this stuff And, and people a lot of times say, open your eyes and they're trying to talk to the person through what? All the darkness that's around them. And they're calling the name of that individual, trying to get a hold of that person among all of this influence of negativity and devilish influence around them. I could see a moment when the Lord and this woman's soul just overwhelmed, cried to her. And I don't have no scriptural basis for this. I'm just using my imagination this morning. But I could see this woman just so tormented by seven devils and overwhelmed in her life that Jesus steps into a world and says, Mary... What's he doing? He's trying to call the woman out of that darkness. And just something in my mind imagines at this moment that her attention is arrested all over again. Whatever he just says, Mary, that's the Lord. That, I've heard that voice. I've followed that voice. I've ministered to the direction of where that voice has come from. I've just been wanting to know where you've, what you've done with him, where you've laid him. She knew the Lord in the moment that her name was called. Amen. We come then later to the disciples. Disciples are behind closed doors. It's the first day of the week. They're shut in. Got the doors closed because A fear for the Jews. There have been lies that have been spread concerning them that they are the ones that have stolen the body of the Lord. And so they're in their little compound, come back here. Doors are closed. I don't know what's going through their mind. I could only imagine some of the things. I could begin to imagine uh, knowing that I'm a part of humanity as they are and begin to identify with how they might have felt. they might have fell, but they're in this room and lo and behold came Jesus and and stood in the midst of them and look again. So here is his physical appearance in the midst of them. I know this is somewhat different than what they seen formerly because somehow he got into the room, all right. Uh, He can still uh, eat. We see that after his uh, resurrection, but he's doing some things like going through walls and stuff that... I don't have the capability of doing in this body right here, okay. But there's something, so he enters the room, so there's a similitude of the Lord, amen, and he speaks to them. Peace be unto you. And when he had so so said, the Bible says, he shewed unto them his hands and his side. Note the terminology of Scripture, then, everybody say then. 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 Were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord? So here are the ten Judas, he's he's wayward. Thomas, he was not with them when Jesus came. The scripture says later, he was not with them. So there's the ten disciples in that grouping Peter and John, who had done the running to the tomb, the investigation of the tomb. They got their report, (laughs) but they didn't stay. These men who, uh, and you can read different people, maybe the Lord invested them for three years or for one and a half years really if you look at the time span of things. So these are people, now different from Mary, these are people that the Lord called and he's pouring his life into them. He's pouring every waking hour of his life into them. He's teaching them. He's ministering to them whereas Mary was ministering unto the Lord. relationship's just a little different. Mary had her hand out because she was given something. They had their hand out because they was looking to receive something. And so here they are. He walks into the room. It's Jesus, but they don't recognize him as Jesus, just him entering the room. They don't recognize him just by him speaking his peace be unto you. But the Bible says he doesn't stop there. And this is something that's interesting about Christ that whether you are on the end of the spectrum that you're easily influenced or it takes a little bit more, he's willing to come to wherever you are at. Because what we need to recognize today, and we, get, we, get, you know, we really do get flustered up over these things. We do, according to where we are at those different spectrums of life. I got flustered uh, uh, a few days ago over a matter amen it probably wouldn't mean anything else to somebody else it's just because I'm in a different spectrum amen along the journey and along the way but it influenced me a whole lot more perhaps than somebody else and that's the way it is because wherever you're at you, you, you're you able to look at that and say what's the big deal or what's going on with them and so on and so forth but with the Lord it's not about whether you're at this end of the spectrum like Mary and he can just speak your name or the, you're at the, the, the place of the disciples that he has to to go a little bit further and show you the prince in his hands and show you, show you the, the piercing in his side. Amen. That's not, that's not the matter of the Lord. The matter of the Lord is this. i got to get them all wherever they may be at the same end result. They must see me. And I, I declare this morning that we all have our own times of being at different places in the spectrum in this Christian walk we got to be more convinced or less convinced. We ride a roller coaster sometimes. It takes a little bit more to influence us. A little bit more than there's other times. It's like, easy going, buddy. It just happens. We're influenced. But the, the matter isn't whether it's easy or hard. The matter is this. Jesus says, i got to get them to the same end result. They gotta see me, they got to experience me. And so here are here are the disciples. It's after his resurrection. And so the Jesus Jesus comes and visits his disciples behind closed doors. They're in secrecy because of the Jews. Lies have been manufactured about them. And the Bible says that the disciples were glad. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. But the recognition of him, they're seeing the Lord did not come about simply by his presence being in the same room with them. It was not because he performed a miracle in front of their eyes. And they're like, well, there he is. <laughs> no. no. But they saw, and this is very, I think it's very important today. They saw the Lord by seeing his wounds. when they seen his wounds they said there's the Lord the visible evidence or proof of the Lord was not in his blessing of peace be unto them no 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 but they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord whenever he showed them his wounds. The New Living Translation says it like this. He showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. These guys had a busy week. I mean, really. Let's talk about busy weeks. They had a busy week. they had had the Palm Sunday. they had had the cleansing of the temple. Uh, they had had the Lord's Supper. Uh, they had had the Gethsemane. The Gethsemane. Uh, interaction that took place at Gethsemane and they had about six trials and a crucifixion. That's a busy... <laughs> I don't care how you cut it, that's a busy week. <laughs> and no doubt numbed somewhat over everything that took place. Notice, it wasn't just a simple Peter, John, James that arrested their attention and brought them to this end result of seeing the Lord. He had to show them his wounds in his hands and in his side now to mary that may seem like man what's their problem all you got to do is say my name and that's the lord man mary what's her deal you know she's gullible that could have been you know just somebody what's going on with her but whenever they seen the wounds something clicked in them this guy's wounded he's got death wounds in his life but he's alive this is the Lord and they were happy it's only at that point in time they got to that juncture in the road they said bam then they seen the Lord now everybody doing okay we go a little further and we come to Thomas. Thomas had previously been absent. Mm -hmm. And so, a week later, the disciples are gathered together again, Thomas being present. The Lord enters the room like he entered a week ago. He states some of the same words, peace be unto you. And Thomas, look now, Thomas is... You know, we give Thomas a bad rap, but I'll give one good mark for Thomas, and that is Thomas is, is at least honest. Because after they had already spoke about how they'd seen the Lord to Thomas, Thomas says, well, i tell you what, boys, unless I see, but he goes a little step further, unless I put my finger in the nail print and thrust my hand in a side, he said, I will not believe. And so here comes the Lord into the room and knowing all of this, amen, he addresses Thomas and says, Thomas, reach forth your hand. Because I understand you won't get to the same result everybody else got to just by seeing my wounds. You got to up the level, if you will, of experience. You got to up the level of interaction and you can't just see them but you got to feel it. He says, you, you, you. "He says, I understand that you got you got to feel these wounds." And so Thomas takes everything just a little further. He's at this end of the spectrum. Not only must he see the wounds because he attested to that, but he also must feel the wounds. And some would say, well, no, that's Thomas because Thomas is the doubter. That's the reason why he he had to do that. Can I just interject? And I'm not trying to beat up all philosophy for all mankind, but perhaps Thomas wanted just to empathize a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe Thomas wanted just empathize a little bit. You know, he's entering that deeper level of interaction. He couldn't just go. He couldn't be just satisfied with seeing it. He had to feel it for himself. Amen. And so, the story that is told is this. We all see the Lord at different levels. For some, we see Him in just a personal dress into our life. Be wherever we may be in life. Sometimes the only thing that some may need in order to see the Lord through whatever they're going through is a simple Terry, Sheila. Paul and I'm like the Lord's here I see the Lord yet some other of us and this is the way it works sometimes in life you know I sometimes see some of the greatest handiwork of God see God by what he does in somebody else's life I've seen some of you all's lives and some of the things that you went through if you will I've seen your woundings and I've seen your sufferings and i've had those epiphany those those epiphany moments that i said that's the lord because in the life of somebody else i've seen the nail prints in the life of somebody else i've seen where the spear went through the side I mean I'm talking about several of you that are sitting right before me today I have had those moments that I've looked at your life and what you went through your suffering and your wounding and no doubt in my mind I knew without doubt that is the Lord I see the Lord but you know Brother Terry there's other modes and perhaps you know boy if they would just learn their lesson you know you would never had to get to the stage you'd just learn your lesson to hear him say your voice or your, your name rather but there's other and I go through these gamut of levels and places. There's other times in my life a simple address of my name doesn't do it. I don't get it. There's other times seeing the calamity and the sufferings in your lives are how it's played out, the wounds, if you will. I don't get it. And you know where he takes me to? He doesn't really take me there, but he meets me there. He says, if it's necessary, I'll let you feel the suffering. If it's necessary... I'll let you feel the wounding. And there's times in my life, Brother Fred, it's not that I'm looking what you went through, but I'm going through something. And it's in that moment I have my hand in his side. It's in that moment my finger is in the... I'm feeling the wounding and I'm feeling the suffering and I'm feeling the pain but through it all something's happening there's still that peace that he spoke to me when he first came in the room and in all of that a recognition is happening I didn't see it or hear whenever he spoke my voice I didn't see it or hear whenever I have seen you're all suffering but whenever I went through my, and I could feel the suffering myself and the wounding myself I said wait a minute that's the Lord that's the Lord that's the Lord Is Mary wrong for how she reveals and senses it? No. Are the ten disciples wrong for how they came to it? No. Is Thomas wrong for how he came to it? No. As long as the end result is the same. They saw, they saw, they experienced, they witnessed the Lord. Woo, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Yes! and there's some sitting under my voice that all it took for you and God was for him to speak your name there's some, all you had to witness is the handiwork of God in the life of the church and you were convinced but there's others, you're going to have to go through some things you're going to have to feel some things in order for it to be true to you in your life. That doesn't make one better than the other. That doesn't make one right or wrong because God's just saying, hey, I don't care where they are on the spectrum as long as I can get them to the same result. And there'll be other times in your life you're going to have to go through something to recognize God's still there. And there'll be other times He'll just speak your name and He knows that you're there. But as long as the end result is the same, that you know him, that you see him, that you experience him, that you witness. Because when you get to the end result, it doesn't matter where you are on this spectrum, all the feelings, everything that comes with the end result is the same for all. There's some people that had a hard life getting into the church. Their birth didn't come easy. On the natural realm, there are some babies that had a harder trial getting into this world than others. Some ladies like man, it just flopped out of me. Well glory be to Jesus. Others, man, we for three hours we thought we was gonna lose it. Were they both born? Yeah. At the moment that they're born. And I understand, please, I say this with all respect. The moment that they're born, whatever spectrum that was, the end result is the same. Some had to come to church for 10 years, set through lessons, look at y'all's lives. Experienced some upheaval and headache in their own life, and they finally found an altar, repentance, baptized Jesus name, filled the Holy Ghost. There's others that came in first service days every here. God touched the heart, tears started going down their face. Oh, God, oh, God. And they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is that one right and the other one wrong? No! They all got to the same result because Christ was willing to go at whatever end of the spectrum they were for the same result. Hallelujah. It's all according to where you are on the spectrum. How far it's gonna to have to go, or even how, how we view may maybe for one boy that's shallow, the other that's intense. when the day ended before the ascension took place those groupings of people would have a meeting the testimony would be the same Mary would say I saw the Lord before he ascended the ten disciples said ain't nothing Mary we've seen him too Thomas although being absent from the reasonable group would come and say guys I know exactly what you're talking about I saw him. Now when it becomes pro- problematic is whenever we make wherever we are on our end of the spectrum the only way that it can be experienced. Well you haven't seen him unless you just heard him speak your name and seen him. Well have you not seen him if you, if you just could look at the wounds and boom, no it was him. It's not happened for you then. Because it's not that hard, well they might not be at the same end of the spectrum where you are. But when the day comes that everything becomes closed and the end has been reached for them and they see him, doesn't matter. the experience is the same.. Phew. <laughs> I want to encourage somebody today, because life lived for the Lord for you may have always been that first name basis, Paul. That's God, Paul. That's God. But there could be something work being worked into you or worked out of you right now, because that's not working right now. And you're having to feel something that you only looked at before. You're starting to have to feel something that you only had to witness in the lives of other people before. I want you to take heart today in that, through that. God's going to show himself to you. God is going to show himself to you. Hallelujah. If you'll stand with me this morning. The Bible says, and I'll use this verse as a closing verse, I suppose. Philippians 3.10, Sister McGee, that I use. Paul also said, he said that I might know him, may know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. You know what Paul was saying? So I'm willing to go to the extent of the end of the spectrum as long as the result is that I know him if it doesn't come easy sometimes I'm ready to go to the extent even if it means the fellowship of his suffering just so I can have the end result to know him so maybe just even feeling the suffering isn't the end maybe there's something even distant further but that's all right, as long as it takes me to the same place that Mary got to as long as it takes me to the same place that it took the 10 as long as it takes me to the same place it took Thomas that in the end I've seen him I know him I've experienced him hallelujah can we bow our heads across amen this place this morning hallelujah Jesus God I love you Lord Jesus today God and I openly admit God in my life Lord I have been Lord at these various stages on this spectrum God there have been times and Lord I all times prayed that I'd be easily influenced by your spirit but there's times I'm not so easily influenced there's times that it seems like my spiritual skin is pretty tough and it's pretty thick and it takes something more to get through to me where before it was just something very easy, just a light touch of your spirit and I took recognition. But there's other times in my life, oh God, that there's more required, it seems. Not of you per se, but there's more things that I require of you. Amen. You're the same God, but Lord, I'm asking Jesus, as you oft times do, you meet us at those places. You'll show us the woundings. You'll allow us to feel the woundings. Lord, if You must or if You may, so that we all come to that same result these altars are open if anybody wants to find a place to pray, if you're not at just the calling of the name stage today and and you need to see it and there's something being witnessed in the lives of your brothers and sisters that's breathing in the recognition that's great, but if that's not you this morning, you're having to feel it, if you're having to put your hand there, if you're having to somehow empathize and somehow feel that for yourself this morning that's okay, I'm not here to down that, I'm not here to be negative about that, I'm saying that's okay because the end result will be the same the end result will be the same if it seems like more of a struggle for you than what it does for somebody else that's all right. as long as the end result is reached it will be the same take courage this morning God wants you to see him God wants you to experience him God wants you to fellowship with him if it will take just the speaking of your name he'll do it If it takes you seeing the wounds and the suffering and the lives of others, He'll do it. If it'll take your own suffering, if it'll take your own pain, He'll do it. But He must, they must see me. They must experience me. Oh God, oh God. Oh God, oh God. Lord, where I'm at right now in this spectrum, Lord, I need you. I want to reach that final result. God, but some of the brothers and sisters around me right now, God, just the name being spoken. Lord, they're recognizing you. But God, I'm not there right now. I need something more. There's a little bit more diligence, God, that's required. God, but I want to get to that same result. I want to get to that same end. I want to see him. I want to witness him. I want to experience him oh can you pray right now in your pews can you lift your hands Can you? thank you for listening if you would like more information about our services and activities you can find us on facebook instagram and twitter with the username f-a-c-m-c again that's f-a-c-m-c thank you and have a blessed day